0: Well, Shabbat Shalom to all of you watching um, here today, uh, and uh, thank you for joining us here at Covenant Calendar Club. Um, this is a part of a minist- part of a Torah to the tribes uh, that deals with the prophetic and also the calendaration um, of the feast and how we're supposed to walk out uh, His commandments. Um, so uh, we are actually um, very blessed to given this opportunity to bring you uh, the information that Yahuwah has instilled in us so we can bring it forth uh, to the uh, 12 tribes of Israel that are scattered abroad. Anyway, um, this uh, day uh, is um, not just a Shabbat, but it, it, so I hope that you all have a very, very blessed and delightful day. And also, uh, it's the day that Brenda's going to be bringing out a, a, a part five uh, of his uh, Exodus of My Mind teaching. So this, um, so far, is a five-part teaching. Uh, There will definitely be more, so stay tuned for that. Um, And if you haven't watched the past uh, four, you know, check them out, and I think you all will be very blessed, and we'll give you uh, other insights of the parallels between Exodus and the book of Revelation, and how we're actually living that out today. Um, And so, uh, Brandon, much more, he's going to go ahead and um, and go ahead and, and share with us today what uh, th- this prophetic message for us and this this part of this part five uh, has to do with the he will be discussing the doctrines of, of, uh, of Balaam and and their ties to the false prophets Revelation 13 uh, who it appears to be peaceful but inside really you know and and what comes out is really speaks uh, like a dragon and um, and how the world will be uh, led astray by Lion, Signs, and Wonders. So I hope you're all very blessed by this teaching. And uh, if you're not joining us live, I, I do encourage you to join us live because we have amazing discussions uh, that are very edifying um, and people get involved and share, share their insights. And I think it's a great way for all of us to grow in, in, um, in maturity and uh, help each other, build each other up as, as, as he wants us to get built up uh so i i pray that everyone will be blessed by this teaching and edified by it as well and uh whenever you are ready brother um uh yeah you get started oh and i'm, I'm sorry and to join us go to tribes.com forward slash connect and you can <clears throat> sign up there so we can send you weekly invites all right sorry go ahead go ahead brother
1: You're okay. Thank you, brother Jose. Appreciate that. Um, can you see the full slides now? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Oops. Didn't there we go. All right. Well, I asked you guys to, uh, keep me in your prayers this morning. Um, I'm battling a little bit of a headache. So I know it's, you know, it seems that, uh, Actually, the last time I taught it, it set in really after I got done, but today it, it seems like it's uh, trying to rear its ugly head during it, but no worries, we're, we're going to persevere and uh, keep, keep striving forward, right? So, um, but yeah, like Brother Jose said, um, this morning we, were, we are going to be touching on um, something known as the Judas goat. So I'll, you know, get into explaining that and everything like that. Um, but, you know, last week <clears throat> just to kind of give you a, a recap of those who maybe weren't here or didn't see the teaching on uh Yahuwah servant, uh, which is the YouTube channel that we use for the covenant calendar club. We also use it for the sisters gathering as well. Um, and then I think we are also going to start using it for the, uh, Brothers uh, meetings as well, so excellent uh, resource. So make sure and subscribe to that. You know, make sure also uh, hit that bell so you get notifications of when new videos pop up. But you know, so last week we we touched on uh, in part four, we touched on the end time pharaoh and how um, the pharaoh of Egypt, you know, whether it was Ramses or you know whoever it was um lines up and corresponds with the anti-messiah and how you know he was trying to enslave everyone just like the anti-messiah will and just just the correlation of the prophetic shadow picture there okay um so this week i felt it it would be appropriate to talk about we talked about you know the anti last week okay so let's talk about you know the false prophet, you know, and one of the most well-known uh, or infamous, you could say, false prophets that we know of in scripture is Balaam, the son of Beor, right? So we're going to talk about the influence that that Balaam had on not just one pharaoh, but two pharaohs, two different pharaohs, uh, both, you know, in the same lineage and everything, and the influence that the anti-Messiah will have during these end times that we're living in. Uh, We are gonna be uh, utilizing a lot of the the historical commentary of what's called the the Book of Jasher or Yasher. Um, And then of course, you know, when we get to talking about the uh, false prophet, we're of course gonna be talking about revelation 13 Uh, we're also going to be touching on um you know uh second corinthians chapter 11 um, and some other areas as well so hopefully it'll be good well-rounded teaching and uh edifying for everyone who hears it okay so you're probably thinking to yourself right now what is a judas goat what is a judas goat All right. Well, I'm glad you asked. So this actually came uh, to me. This idea came for me. I can't even think of who posted it on Facebook, but somebody posted a meme of a Judas goat on Facebook and what a Judas goat is, which, okay. You can see right here in the background, you got the, the sheep, they're all following in a V shape. It looks like, and they're following this goat right here. Right. And this goat is called a Judas goat. So according to Wikipedia, a Judas goat is a trained goat used in general animal herding. The Judas goat is trained to associate with the sheep, or you could even say assimilate or like, you know, blend in with the sheep or cattle, leading them to a specific destination. In stockyards, a Judas goat will lead sheep to slaughter while their own life is spared. Now, I want you to just ingrain that into your mind right now, because that is the main theme of this teaching, that there's a Judas goat, a leader, leading the sheep directly to the slaughter while their life is being spared. That's the main theme of of the teaching, all right? And, of course, our um, our theme verse, if you will, is Revelation 13, verse 11. Speaking of the false prophet or the second beast or the beast from the earth, as it says here. And I saw, this is John speaking, and I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. So he looks peaceful in appearance he looks like one of us he looks like a, a lamb you know maybe uh maybe it was a ram that was you know being envisioned or maybe it was a goat being envisioned whatever but he looks like a, a lamb and spoke like a dragon all right so to me the judas goat is a representation of the doctrines of Balaam. So we're going to talk about the doctrines of Balaam and what they are, or what my interpretation of what they are. And then afterwards, maybe we talk about what, what you think they are, because I want to know that as well. Okay? You know, to me, it, it's the smooth words. It's the lying signs and wonders that the false prophet will use and is using to lead the whole world astray to worship the beast and to get the people to create an image to him, okay? We're going to be talking about the direct influence that Balaam had on Pharaoh's decision-making in Mitzrayim in Egypt and how that correlates to what we will see today and in the days coming with the what we will see coming from the false prophet of Revelation 13, okay? So... Let's get started here. So the doctrines of Balaam. This text is from Revelation 2, verse 12 through 17. Talking about the church of Pergamos, or the ecclesia of Pergamos. Okay, known as the compromising church. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, these things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and you did not deny my faith even in the days which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit adultery or sexual immorality. Thus, you have also those who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Verse 17, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it hallelujah man that is a loaded few sentences right there loaded few verses but again our focus is on the doctrines of balaam in verse 14 because we know you know in within the canon of scripture we have a little bit of information about balaam but the reason i'm using um jasher and you know I'm in agreement with Matthew on this, that Matthew Nolan, uh, specifically the Matthew I'm talking about, um, is that Jasher is a great historical commentary to read side by side when you're reading through like the book of Genesis or in our case, the book of Exodus to kind of get a little bit more uh, color, if you will, of the environment that's going on, a little bit more of the context of what's happening and historical content there, okay? Um, but in the canon of scripture the only times where Balaam is mentioned is of course here the doctrines of Balaam being referred to Revelation 2 14 but of course the story of Balaam and most most famously you know Balaam and the donkey or Balaam's donkey um, is in the book of numbers you know book of numbers uh, 21 through 25 right and then his death is recorded in Joshua uh, chapter 13 verse 22 but other than that we really don't know that much about Balaam right um, we know that you know he was a false prophet um, that he was driven by greed and pride and everything like that he used divination and things like you know, which we'll, we'll get into in just a second um, but other than that you know a few chapters where we know that he tried that Bala, Balak hired Balaam to uh, curse Israel three to four times, I think it was four times total, and Yahweh wouldn't allow him to do it, okay, and, um, but he did get them to assimilate with the Moabites and live close enough together to where they started to mingle with them And when they started to mingle with them through sexual immorality, they committed adultery with their wives, et cetera, and they assimilated to them to where then those women would teach those men to worship their deities, their pagan deities, okay? And that was the whole reason why he didn't want that to occur, among other things, right? So that's what we're going to get into, okay? is exactly what the doctrines of Balaam are, all right? So a couple of bullet points here is, in my view, I see the doctrines of Balaam is, it comes from a spirit of compromise. It's false peace. It's unity for unity's sake, right? The compromising church, that's what was going on. Well, let's just go with the flow. Let's not ruffle any feathers. Let's be PC, politically correct. Let's not offend anyone, you know? We're, we're so afraid to offend everyone around us, but yet we're not offend, uh, afraid to offend Yahweh, our creator, right? That's, that's what this is talking about, all right? It, it's inspiration comes from lying and demonic spirits, lying and demonic spirits. It's immensely powerful, and influential it pretends to be on one side or the other but it's actually playing both sides against one another and Balaam was definitely known as a mercenary prophet and I put prophet in quotes because he he wasn't a prophet he was a false prophet driven by greed and pride no loyalty whatsoever We'll, we'll see that here in a second and of course it puts a stumbling block before Yashorel okay you know it's that lying spirit that's coming and saying oh yeah no this vaccine can't be the mark of the beast you know because of this or that or you know the, no the mark's just spiritual it's only tied to a day of the week etc cetera, etc cetera. and it, it's that's why john tells us test all spirits because not every spirit is of the spirit of elohim that's why we have to have the Royal Kakodesh inside of us, the dwelling spirit of Elohim inside of us, so that way we can test the spirits because we've got to be able to do that. If we don't, that's what's going to cause us to stumble. Make sense? All right. Now, you're probably like, okay, well, who's this guy over here? Well, the picture is actually from the movie Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Okay. so. You ever seen Lord of the Rings? You already know who this is. But it's a picture of a sorcerer called Grima, Wormtongue of all things. I thought that was like a perfect name for a character who has the spirit of Balaam in him and everything like that. And then uh, this is King Theoden. Okay. So in the movie, okay, in this scene, this sorcerer has literally demonically oppressed this king to where his physical nature literally changes and he like is withering away and everything like that. And um, he's causing him to do things that he wouldn't normally do and say things he wouldn't normally say. And that's what the spirit of Balaam, this doctrines of Balaam does. That's what I'm talking about. It's very, very powerful, very influential, very dangerous. Okay. And through his acts of sorcery, King Theoden's life was dramatically, dramatically fades from being, uh, being drained from his body, as I mentioned, okay, and this is the influence, it's, 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 uh, it just kind of like sucks the life out of you, if you will, you know, it latches on, it's like a leech, and it just sucks you dry for everything that you're worth, and then it, like I said, it's not loyal, so it moves on to the next thing afterwards, all right, so moving on here. So who is Balaam, right? So like I said before, you know, you might have heard of Balaam and his talking donkey, you know, where the donkey was on the, you know, on the roadway, and the two walls were there on the narrow path, and Balaam couldn't see the messenger of Yahuwah standing there before him with a great sword drawn to cut him down, but but Balaam's donkey could, and he the donkey you know, like swerved into the, into the um, uh, hedge row or the edge of the wall there. And Balaam was sitting there beating on his donkey like three times. And finally, Yahuwah opened the mouth of the donkey and caused the donkey to speak. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, so forgive me, but um, he, he caused the donkey to speak and he's asking, the donkey's asking Balaam, why are you beating me? You know, and the donkey's actually the one that saved, ended up saving Balaam's life, because, like I said, the the angel was about to cut him down. All right, so, like I said, you can read through all these uh, uh, all the stories um, in Numbers chapter 22 through 25, um, and then also, uh, literally, his life goes from the first record I found was around Jasher 61 all the way through Jasher 85. Now we're not going to read all of that. All right. So good news there. All right. So sinister sorcerers. This is also what Balaam represented. Now, I'm a 90s child, right? So, um, you know, I grew up with, you know, 90s movies, 90s influence, everything like that and there is, when I think of sinister sorcerers, actually, I googled sinister sorcerers, because I wanted to kind of put, because there's no pictures of Balaam that are good pictures, other than just him, and the donkey, and the, and the angel, right, that's the only representation we have, but when I googled sinister sorcerers, the first one that popped up, boom, was Jafar, which Jafar definitely had the spirit of Balaam, when he was talking with uh, the Sultan, who was the king of uh, akraba you know, he, um, he was influencing him with that lying spirit, that demonic spirit to try and get from him what he wanted. It's a manipulative spirit, which manipulation is literally a form of witchcraft. It, it really is. Okay. So moving on. So these are some bullet points here. And we'll move through these quickly uh, for time's sake. And then, like I said, we'll we'll get into um, what I really wanted to talk about, which is the false prophets that we're hearing speaking today and the false prophet and everything like that, all right? So the first record, like I said, is of, of Balaam is in Jasher chapter 61, all right? It says, and amongst the servants of Aegeus, was a fit, was a youth 15 years old. Balaam, the son of Beor, was his name. The youth was very wise and understood the art of witchcraft. So, Balaam used witchcraft, sorcery, divination, whatever you want to call it. Okay, that's what he used. And Ajah said unto Balaam, Conjure for us, I pray thee, with the witchcraft that we may know who will prevail in this battle to which we are now proceeding. And Balaam, verse 10, and Balaam ordered that they should bring him wax, and he made thereof the likeness of chariots and horsemen representing the armies of geus and the army opposing it of the army of Egypt. And he brought them, and he put them in the, sorry, and he put them in the cunningly prepared waters that he had for that purpose, and he took his hand, the bows of myrtle trees, and he exercised his cunning. And he joined them over the water, and there appeared unto him in the water the resembling images of the host of Aegeus falling before the resembling images of the Egyptians and the sons of Jacob. So he's, you know, kind of like you picture, you know, like a a crystal ball type thing. This is what he's doing, okay? He's trying to fortune tell. It's the act of divination, witchcraft, sorcery, okay? All of it. Um, And he starts out with the aegeans okay so that's very important we're we're gonna track how he moves around because this guy like i said is not loyal whatsoever uh he um he is definitely a free agent prophet for for profit for sure all right and then verse 11 and balaam told him told this thing to a and a despaired and did not arm himself to go down to egypt to battle And remained in his city. Okay. Then later on in chapter 64. It says in Balaam. Son of Beor. Was at that time with the Aegeans. In battle. When he saw that Zepho. Prevailed over Aegeus. He fled from there. Being Aegeus. And came to Kittim. Which is actually Cyprus. The area of Cyprus. So again he's making his first trade right now. Oh, well, going from Aegeus, oh, no, I'm not with the Aegeans. Now I'm with Kidom. I'm on y'all's team, okay? But here's the thing, they didn't reject him. Verse 2, and Zepho and the children of Kidom received him with great honor, for Zepho knew Balaam's wisdom. And Zepho gave, Balaam, gave unto Balaam many gifts, and he remained with him. Now, later on in the chapter, in verse 26, we read, and Balaam, son of Beor, the Syrian was there in the camp of Zepho for he came with the children of Kittim to the battle and Balaam was a man highly honored in the eyes of Zepho and his men and Zepho said unto Balaam try by divination for us that we may know who will prevail in the battle we are the Egyptians so at first it was the Aegeans versus the Egyptians now it's Kittim versus the Egyptians all right just kind of Keep things in order here. And Balaam rose up and tried the art of divination, and he was skillful in the knowledge of it, but he was confused, and the work was destroyed in his hand. And he tried it again, but it did not succeed. And Balaam despaired of it and left it and did not complete it, for this was from Yahuwah in order to cause Zepho and his people to fall into the hands of the children of Israel, who had trusted in Yahuwah the Elohim of their ancestors in their war. Now, one thing that's very important about this right here is this is the part where in Exodus chapter one, where the great fear of the Hebrew Israelites fell upon the Egyptians and where they realized, hey, we got to get these people under our rule and under our, you know, we got to make them slaves because they're growing too strong, too mighty. Okay, okay which we talked about a few weeks ago. But that's where it happened because they didn't prevail. The, the people of Kittim didn't prevail and none of the Israelites perished, okay? And they, and they won the battle very, very, very easily. And that's what caused the Egyptians to say, you know, let us treat them cunningly or let us deal with them crudely and make them slaves because they thought that they could overthrow the country. With the, you know, if another invading army came in, they would join with them and overthrow them, okay? So skipping down into Jasher 67 here, right here. So in those days, Zepho died, the son of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, king of Kittim. So Zepho was the son of Esau and the king of Kittim, just so we know who Zepho was. And Janias reigned in his stead. And the time that Zephyr reigned over the children of Kittim was 50 years. And he died, and he was buried in the city of Namna, in the land of Kittim. And Janias, one of the mighty men of the children of Kittim, reigned after him, and he reigned 50 years. So we're talking about a 100-year time frame here. And it was after the death of the king of Kittim that Balaam, the son of Beor, fled from the land of Kittim. And he went and came to Egypt, to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. All right, so he's going from Aegeus to Kittim. Now he's going from Kittim to Egypt. Following him so far? He's not loyal. Verse 9, and Pharaoh received him with great honor, for he had heard of his wisdom and gave him presents and made for him a counselor and aggrandized him, highly praised him, held him in high esteem. And Balaam dwelt in Egypt in honor with all the nobles of the king, and the nobles exalted him because they all coveted to learn his wisdom. And in the hundred and thirtieth year of Israel's going down to Egypt, Pharaoh dreamed that he was sitting upon his kingly throne lifted up and, his, and lifted up his eyes and saw an old man standing before him. And there were scales in the hands of the old man, such as scales that are used by merchants sounds like balance scales to me that's what it sounds like um and the old man took the scales and hung them before pharaoh and the old man took all the elders of egypt and its nobles and great men and tied them all together and put them in one scale and he took a mill kid and put it on the other side of the scale and the kid overtook uh the rest outweighed the rest okay and pharaoh was astonished at this dreadful vision and said why the kid should preponderate over all. And Pharaoh awoke and behold, it was a dream. And Pharaoh rose up early in the morning and called him, all his servants related to the dream and related to them the dream. And the men were greatly afraid. And the king said to all of his wise men, I interpret, I pray you, the dream which I dream that I may know it. And Balaam said, Balaam, the son of Beor, answered the king and said to him, This means nothing else but a great evil that will spring up against Egypt in the latter days. For a son will be born to Israel who will destroy all Egypt and its inhabitants and bring forth the Israelites from Egypt with a mighty hand. So Moshe's birth was prophesied, okay? Just like Yahusha's birth, the deliverer's birth was prophesied. You can see this parallel of, you know, we can see as we go along here, we'll be able to see how Herod was, or Pharaoh was a shadow picture of Herod and so forth, okay? It's two parallel stories happening here, all right? Verse 21, and the king said unto Balaam, what shall we do unto Israel? Surely after a certain manner did we first counsel against them and could not prevail over them. Now, therefore, give you also advice against them by which we may prevail over them. And Balaam answered the king, saying, Send now, and call thy two counselors, and we will see what their advice is upon this matter. And afterward, thy servant will speak. Now, if we jump down later on in the chapter to verse 44, it says, And the king said unto Balaam, What do you say, Balaam? Speak thy word, that we may hear it. And Balaam said to the king, of all that the king has counseled against the Hebrews, they will be, will they be delivered? The king will not be able to prevail over them with any counsel. For if you think to lessen them or to make them weak by flaming fire, you cannot prevail over them. For surely their Elohim delivered Abraham, their father from Ur of the Chaldeans, or the Chaldeans. And if you think to destroy them with the sword, surely Isaac, their father, was delivered from it, the sword, and a ram was placed in his stead. Verse 47. And if with hard and rigorous labor you think to lessen them, you will not prevail even in this. For their father Jacob served Laban in all manner of hard work and prospered. Jacob served Laban for a total of 14 years in order to gain the hand of Rachel. Right? We know that. Now, therefore, verse 48, now, therefore, O king, hear my words, for this is the counsel which is counseled against them, by which you will prevail over them, from which you should not depart. If it please the king, order all their children which shall be born from this day forward to be thrown into the water, to be thrown into the Nile. That's what he's talking about here. For by this you can wipe away their name, for none of them nor their fathers were tried in this manner. So he's saying, hey, you can't kill them with fire, you can't kill them with the sword, and you can't overcome them with hard slave labor. But hey, try this. You haven't tried this before. This has never been tried against them. This should work. And that's when the proclamation happens. Verse 50. And the king heard the words, that lying spirit, that demonic influence, and the thing pleased the king and the princes. And the king did according to the word of who? Balaam. And the king ordered a proclamation to be issued and a law to be made throughout the land of Egypt, saying, Every male child born to the Hebrews from this day forward shall be thrown into the water, into the Nile. This is what's recorded in the book of exodus in exodus chapter two and three during moses birth this is why all the male children were being slain and thrown into the river because see before that in exodus one that was the the first that was the first wave where they told the midwives hey if it's a male child born of the hebrews slay it but if it's a female you may let it live but then they wouldn't do it you know and they they said oh no the hebrews you know they give birth before we even come to them and everything like that because they feared elohim more than man right that's what's recorded in exodus chapter one but this was the first mass uh order of death okay and that's what i want to drive home here balaam is a representation of the false prophet the false prophet which we'll talk about in a minute is the one who's either going to cause people to worship the image of the beast or be killed okay that's what and, and great martyrdom will take place and everything like that that's what we're relaying here okay so from that day forward the proclamation was made throughout the land of Egypt every male child born to the Hebrews from this day forward shall be thrown into the Nile into the river okay and that's why Yochebed, Moshe's mother, hid him for three months and then put him into the basket and placed him in the Nile. And you know the rest of the story. That's why. That's what was happening. All right. So jump down to Jasper 69. And we're almost, we're almost done here, okay, with this part. Uh, verse 4. And when Pharaoh, king of Egypt, saw that the council of Balaam, which had advised respecting the children of Israel, did not succeed. See, because the Bible says, Isaiah 54 verse 17, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, right? So he's like, hey, the fire ain't going to work, sword ain't going to work, slave labor ain't going to work, hard labor ain't going to work, try this. But even that didn't work because, see, persecution is actually a good thing. Persecution actually shows that we are Kodesh, we are set apart because we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. Right, So if you're acting like the world, you're acting like Mystery Babylon, you're acting like Egypt, and you're blending in and assimilating with them, well, guess what? You're going to be succumbing to the judgments of them just like they will. That's why it says, come out of her, my people. So persecution is actually a good thing. It's a sign that we are set apart unto Yahweh. And persecution refines us. Persecution... Uh, actually makes us stronger, makes the gospel more potent. The potency of the message gains strength and influence. Because, see, persecution gets rid of those who are just plain church, those who are just plain claiming to, to confess his name, but they're walking out the door and they're denying him by the lifestyle which they lived. This is where the rubber meets the road is when persecution takes place. He says, I believe it's in Isaiah 14. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. This is what we're talking about with Pergamos here. They were the compromising church. you see? Okay. So here we go. So it didn't work didn't succeed, but they were still fruitful and multiplied and increased throughout the land of Egypt, just like it says in Exodus. Then Pharaoh commanded in those days that a proclamation should be issued throughout the land of Egypt to the children of Israel, saying, No man shall diminish anything of his labor, and the man who should be found deficient in his labor, which he performs daily, whether it be in mortars or bricks, then his youngest son shall be put in their place. And the labor of of Egypt strengthened upon the children of Israel in those days. And behold, if one brick was deficient in any man's daily labor, the Egyptians took his youngest son by force from his mother and put him into the wall, into the building in place of the brick, which his father had left wanting. So if they were deficient in their daily quota, for example, then they would take their son and put him into the wall. And then they would have to mortar over their son, okay? And the men of Egypt did so to all the children of Israel, day by day, all the days for a long period. But the tribe of Levi, the priests, did not at that time work with the Israelites, their brethren, from the beginning. For the children of Levi knew the cunning of the Egyptians, which they had exercised at first towards the Israelites, So this is the backstory here. And again, you can go and read all the context here. But for time's sake, I'm kind of skipping around a little bit. But from Joshua 61 through 85, you can get the whole context of everything that's going on. But what was happening is that initially, the Hebrews were hired to fortify and build the cities of Pithom and Ramses. And they were promised payment. They were promised payment okay they were deemed essential workers here come and work for me come and work for pharaoh come to the fema camp here we'll feed you here here here's your here's your uh, your stipend here here's your money come and get it you can work here but see the levites they knew something was up they discerned wait a minute nope uh-uh no, I ain't going to work for the Egyptians No, y'all, y'all 11 can go And they didn't go From the beginning because they knew And what happened is You know, after they started Working, see at first it was the Hebrews and a few Egyptians working And everything like that, and secretly The Egyptians started pulling out To where it was just the Hebrews working And then when it came Payday, they just didn't pay them And that is how they enslaved Egypt or that's how he, the, the Hebrews were enslaved in Egypt. That's how it happened. Okay? So jumping down to Jasher 73, uh, verse 28 and 29, it says, And Balaam the magician, when he saw that the city was taken in Cush, he opened the gate, and he and his two sons and eight brothers fled and returned to Egypt, to, to Pharaoh king of Egypt. They are the sorcerers and magicians who are mentioned in the book of the law, the Torah, standing against Moses when Yahuwah brought the plagues upon Egypt. So again, follow Balaam. He went from the Aegeans to Kittim to Pharaoh in Egypt, leaves Pharaoh in Egypt, goes to Cush, leaves Cush, goes back to Pharaoh in Egypt here in Yasher uh, 73. <laughs> Like I said, he's not loyal. And then he'll end up, you know, in Moab and everything else, right? And then later on, here's the, here's the showdown, okay, of Yashur 79. This is the showdown between Moshe and Aharon and Johns and Jambres and Balaam. So verse 20, and Moshe and Aharon rose up early the next day and they went to the house of Pharaoh and they took in their hands the stick of Elohim or the staff and when they came to the king's gate, two young lions were confined there with the iron instruments, and no person went in or or went out or came in before them unless those lions who the king unless those who the king ordered to come. When the conjurers came, it withdrew the lions by their incantations, and this brought them to the king. And Moses hastened and lifted up the stick upon upon the lions, and he loosed them. And Moses and Aharon came into the king's House and the lions came with them in joy, and they followed them and rejoiced as a dog rejoices over his master when he comes in from the field. So the lions were happy to see uh, Aaron and, and Moshe. is basically what it's saying, right? And when Pharaoh saw this thing, he was astonished at it. He was greatly terrified at the report, for their appearance was like the appearance of the children of Elohim. And Pharaoh said unto Moses, What do you require? And they answered him saying, Yahuwah, the Elohim of the Hebrews has sent us to you to say, let my people go that they may serve me. And when Pharaoh heard the words, he was greatly terrified before them. And he said to them, go today and come back to me tomorrow. And they did according to the word of the king. And when they had gone, Pharaoh sent for who? Balaam, the magician, and to Johns and Jambres, his sons. And so all the magicians and conjurers and counselors which belonged to the king, and they all came and sat before the king. And the king told them all the words which Moshe, his brother Aaron, had spoken to him. And the magician said to the king, "But how came the men to you on the account the lions the, on the account the lions were confined at the gate? And the king says, because they lifted up their rod against the lions and loosed them, and came to me, and the lions rejoiced." at them as the dog rejoices to meet his master. And Balaam, the son of Beor, the magician, answered the king saying, these are none else than magicians like ourselves. So these guys ain't nothing special. Don't be, don't be afraid of him. They're just magicians like us is what he's saying. Now send them for them. Let them come and we will try them. And the king did so. And in the morning, Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aharon to come before the king, and they took the rod of Elohim and came to the king and spoke to him, saying, Thus says Yahweh Elohim of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And the king said to them, But who will believe you, that you are the messengers of Elohim, and that you come to me by his order? Now therefore, excuse me, now therefore, give me a wonder, or a sign in this matter. Then the words which you will speak will be believed. And Aaron hastened and threw, uh, and threw the rod out of his hand before Pharaoh and before his servants, and the rod turned into a serpent. And the sorcerers saw this, and they each cast his rod to the ground, and they became serpents. And the serpent of Aaron's rod lifted up his head and opened its mouth to swallow the rods of magicians. And Balaam said, Balaam the magician answered and said, this thing has been from the days of old that a serpent should swallow its fellow. Again, no, no big deal. Uh, a serpent eats another serpent and that living things devour each other. Now, therefore, restore it to a rod as it was at first. We will also restore our rods as they were at first. And if thy rod shall swallow our rods, then we shall know that the spirit of Elohim is in thee. And if not, you are only an artificer, just like ourselves again you're only a magician you're only a sorcerer just like ourselves and Aaron hastened and stretched forth his hand and caught hold of the serpent's tail and it became a rod in his hand and the sorcerers did the like with their rod and they got a hold of each man of the tail of his serpent and they became rods at first and when they were restored the rod of Aaron swallowed up their rods Whew, that's a lot so this is the showdown that happens in uh, Exodus 4 when Moshe and Aaron come before Pharaoh. That's what we're talking about. So Balaam is there. His two sons, Johns and Jambres, are there, okay? That's who is all in in the showdown. So moving on here. So now we get to the meat of this the meat and potatoes, if you will. Because like I said, Balaam was just a shadow picture of the false prophet and the false prophets. The false prophets represent his sons, Johns and Jambres, right? And he, in my opinion, represents a prophetic shadow picture of the false prophet. So, if we look here in Matthew 24, verse 4 yahushua tells us answering said to them take heed that no one leads you astray or that no one deceives you verse 24 or chapter 24 verse 11 says then many prophets will rise up and fall sorry then many false prophets shall rise up and lead many astray or deceive many in verse 24 For false Christs and false prophets so wise, showing great signs and wonders, to deceive, if possible, the elect. And verse 25, Yahushua says, see, I have forewarned you. I've told you beforehand that this is going to happen. And this is happening right now as we speak. These false prophets are rising up. These false teachers, false preachers, false pastors, et cetera, they're all rising up and they're exposing themselves. For those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, you can tell what's going on. All right, so let's look at some characteristics here of the false prophet, which like I said, he had two horns like a lamb, okay? So the second beast or the false prophet Uh, Revelation 13 verse 11 it says and I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he does great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth before men. Or in the sight of men, some translations say. Okay. And he leads those astray who's, uh, and he leads astray those dwelling on the earth because of those signs. So, because of these lying signs and wonders, he leads many, many astray, which he was given to do before the beast, saying to those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And there was given to him to give spirit, to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause to be killed as many as would not worship the image of the beast in verse 16 we all know it well even before these times that we're living in. and he causes all both small and great rich and poor free and slave to be given a mark on their right hand or upon their foreheads that no one should be able to buy Or sell, except he that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is the wisdom. He who has understanding, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Or in the Greek, it's chi, psi, sigma. Okay? Chi, psi, sigma is what he was seeing there, what John was seeing there. Now, the word causes is actually Strong's G4160, Po'eo. It says, apparently a prolonged form of an obsolete primary, to make or to do, abide, agree, appoint, avenge, band together, unity for unity's sake, causes everyone, right? Content, continue, deal, to cause without any delay, to execute, Exercise, fulfill, gain, give, hold, journey, lay, wait, make, mean, observe, ordain, perform, provide, have purged, purpose, put, raising up, secure, shoot out, spin, take, tarry, transgress the law, work, yield. So he's causing all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. To receive a mark on their right hand or upon their forehead. But one thing I want to show us today, this morning, is that it's not just one thing we have to avoid. It's not just the mark of the beast that you have to avoid, that we have to avoid. But it says, or, in verse 16 and 17. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand upon their foreheads. Or, yeah, or upon their foreheads. That no one should be able to buy or sell except he that has the mark or the name of the beast. Or the number of his name. So there's actually four things that we have to avoid. We have to avoid the mark, the Karag month in the Greek. We have to avoid the name of the beast. We have to avoid the number of his name. And we have to avoid worshiping his image. Make sense? And here you can see he was granted to give power. Uh, He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause those who would not worship the image to be killed, Revelation 20, verse 4. If we look at Revelation 20, verse 4, real quick. We we'll see It says, and I saw thrones, and they that sat on them, and judgment was given to them, and the lives of those who had been beheaded for the witness they bore to Yahushua because of the word of Elohim, who did not worship the beast nor his image, and did not receive his mark upon their foreheads or upon their hands. And they lived and reigned with Messiah for a thousand years, okay? So, just like Balaam saying, making the declaration, hey, you gotta, you gotta, you know what, king, if it pleases you, throw all the male Hebrews into the water. Throw them all into the water. Throw them all into the Nile. Mass death. Same thing with the fifth seal. When we look at the fifth seal in Revelation chapter six. It says, and when he, which again, very important to understand who's holding the scroll, it's Yahusha. Look at Revelation chapter five, and you'll see that. Okay. But and when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the beings of those who having been slain for the word of Elohim. It's the same people. It's Revelation 20, verse 4. It's Revelation 6, 9. It's the same, it's the same story having been slain for the word of Elohim and for the witness which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Master, set apart and true until you judge and avenge our blood upon those who dwell on the earth? That's that's what's happening. See, what's going to happen is when the mark of the beast and the image of the beast are created and everything like that, when it's not created, but when it's instituted, okay, then everyone's going to have a choice to make to either worship the image of the beast or not to worship the image of the beast. And those who are not spared from the hour of trial, they will become a martyr just like it's written because it's a choice to make. Who's your, who's your Elohim? Who are you going to serve? Right? So that this is what will happen. He, so just like Balaam caused mass death in The book of Exodus and in the historical commentary of Jasher, the false prophet will also cause mass death because Revelation 13, the second half here of Revelation 13 lines up perfectly with what's happening in Revelation chapter six, verse nine with the fifth seal. Because if we look again at Revelation 20, verse four, we can hear the same correlation of the words. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. The the lives of those who had been beheaded because of the witness that they bore or held, just like Revelation 6-9 talks about, because of the word of Elohim, who did not worship the beast nor his image, and did not receive his mark upon their foreheads or upon their hands. These are the same people that we're talking about here. Make sense? So the same two characters, like I said, Balaam is a prophetic shadow picture of the false prophet that is to come, okay, who will, ca- who will do all these things, all right, causing mass death, but don't be afraid, okay? All right, moving on, and then we'll wrap up here. So we've talked about the false prophet, now let's talk about false prophets, Okay. The Johns and Jombres, John those who are talking the doctrines of Balaam, right? All right, so let's bring back this Judas The agents of S.A. Tan. Now remember, this is the, and if I didn't say this earlier, I apologize. Um, but where this term Judas came from, I saw someone post this meme on Facebook about this Judas thing. And I was like, wow. That is super interesting. And I already had the idea of talking about, you know, Balaam and the false prophet and everything like that. But then when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what the theme of what I want to talk about. Because, again, just just a quick recap for the Judas goat. So some slaughterhouses use a Judas goat. It's trained. It's a trained goat that will calmly lead the livestock to their slaughter while its own life is spared. while its own life is spared. And sadly, and sobering, I say this, but there are pastors, many, many pastors, teachers and preachers out there among the 501c3 who are doing just this. Because we've talked about before and Matthew's talked about it as well, what COVID-19 actually means and what it stands for in the alphanumeric. covid C. Strongs three, right? Abaddon, the destroyer, the angel of the bottomless pit in the Greek. Ovid, the sheep to the slaughter. Strongs 19. COVID 19. Abaddon, the destroyer, the angel of the bottomless pit, the sheep to the slaughter. That's literally what COVID 19 is all about slaughtering the sheep. And what's happening? You have these Judas goats that are in the pulpits. Telling people, they, they shut their churches this time last year, right? Because they're hirelings, just like Yahusha talks about. They're hirelings. They run at the first sign of danger, right? But now they're telling their people, or have been telling their people for the past year, wear a mask, practice social distancing. They're not even telling them just to get tested. But I drive by churches all the time that have free testing right here. prophets of Baal rising but they're telling their people to get tested get tested right here we'll do it for you right here they're scanning their foreheads or their hands as they come in you know for their safety and now they're even thanking God for this vaccine and calling it a miracle from God calling it miraculous in nature Matter of fact, one that I know, he even held up his vaccine card and was on uh, in a selfie, you know, like, like he's proud of it, and telling people, here, take your vaccine. Let's get over COVID. But why? Why? Is it just that they're deceived? Some of them, yes. I believe that they are just deceived, but some of them? And a good bit of them are actually agents of Satan. And we're going to expose it, because that's what we do. Okay? Second Corinthians chapter 11. Here we go. Verse 3. But I'm afraid, lest, as the serpent deceived Eve by his trickery, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Messiah. For indeed, if he who, who, if he who is coming proclaims another Yahushua, another Messiah, whom we have not proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received from us, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you, you put up with it well enough. Now, what's interesting is this verse 4 actually references back to some of the verses that I just read in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 5 is referenced. Matthew 24, uh, 23 through 24 is referenced. And John chapter 5, verse 43 is referenced. John chapter 5, verse 43 is very important. Yahushua says, I have come in my father's name, but you do not receive me. But if another should come in his own name, him you will receive, the another Messiah. See, another Messiah is being preached in the churches of Balaam, in the churches of Baal today. Another Messiah, a lawless one, not a royal covenant one, but a lawless, a greasy grace gospel. That's another gospel that's being preached. And it's inspired by another spirit, not the spirit of Elohim, not the Ruach HaKodesh. Some call it the Kundalini. Maybe it is. Verse 5, for I reckon that I am not inferior to the most eminent missionaries, but even if I am unskilled in word, yet not in knowledge, indeed, in every way we have been manifested among you in all matters. Or did I commit sin and humbling myself in order to exalt you, because I brought good news, the good news of Elohim to you without being paid. Other assemblies I robbed by receiving wages from them to serve you, And when I was present with you and and in need, I was not a burden to anyone. For what was lacking to me, the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied. And in every way I kept myself and shall keep from being a burden to you. It is a truth of Messiah in me that this boasting in me shall not be stopped in the districts of Acacia. Why is it that I do not love you? Elohim knows. He said, Elohim knows that I love you. And and I I shall go on doing as I do in order to cut off the occasion from those desiring an occasion. So that in which they boast, they shall be found also as we are. For such are false missionaries, deceptive workers, masquerading as missionaries of Messiah. Masquerading, they're wearing a mask see they've been hiding they've been hiding amongst us in the in the churches pretending to be righteous pretending to be the narrow path that leads to life but they're masquerading why and no wonder for satan himself masquerades as a messenger or an angel of light it's not surprising then for his servants also to masquerade as servants of righteousness. But see, they're being exposed. They're exposing themselves. They can't hide any longer. See, the gray area is disappearing. Not that it ever existed, but the black is becoming blacker or dark is becoming darker, if you will. And the the light and the white is separating because there is no gray. We are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. It can't overcome it. Hallelujah. So they are being exposed for who they truly are, because Yahushua told us that you shall know a tree by its fruit. And, beloved, I'm here to tell you today that men like Matthew Nolan, they are few, and they are far between who will stand up for truth, for truth's sake, even if it makes everybody mad because he's not here to please men, but he's here to please Yahuwah. And I think, Yah, that he is here to please Yahuwah. Because if your pastor, if you're watching this in the future and your pastor right now is telling you to wear a mask, practice social distancing, to come and get tested in their very parking lot, and thanking God for this vaccine and calling it a miracle, then, beloved, they are preaching you another gospel about another Messiah, inspired by another spirit, and no wonder, because they're an agent of Satan. That's why they're under Satan's influence. They're of the doctrines of Balaam, the 501c3u, into hell teaching you to submit to the government because they're part of the clergy response team of FEMA and if you don't believe me please look it up because it's real they're masquerading what do you do in a masquerade you wear a mask they've been wearing a mask an emotional mask for so long but now they're physically wearing one because it's a spiritual implication and a physical manifestation that's what's happening they're masquerading these servants of righteousness moving on second timothy three one through nine but know this that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of self lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to their parents thankless wrongdoers unloving unforgiving slanderers, without self-control fierce haters of good betrayers reckless puffed up lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of elohim having the form of godliness but denying its power and turn away from these they have a form of reverence See, Proverbs says that there's a way, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Guess what? That's modern day Christianity. There is one narrow path, one narrow path, two large ditches. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction, the path that leads to destruction. And many will find it, but narrow is the path that leads to eternal life. Beloved, I would submit to you that we are in these perilous times. We are in these last days when these prophecies that Paul spoke of to writing to Timothy about these men who have a form of godliness but deny its power. Verse six, for among them are those who creep into the households and captivate silly women loaded down with sins led away by various lusts always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth see they're always learning in their synagogues they're always learning their theology in their bible colleges they got their phds they got their bookshelves loaded but they can know all this about him but do they know him it's one thing to know about him but do you know him Always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And as Johns and Jambres opposed Moshe, so do these also oppose the truth. Men of corrupt minds, found worthless concerning the belief, the faith, but they shall not go on further, for their folly shall be obvious to all. And also that of those men became. So he's saying they're gonna get theirs don't worry they're gonna get theirs because see right now like i said the 501c3 you went to hell they 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 have to they've been wearing a muzzle for so long they don't even know the difference between the mask and the muzzle. because they can't say certain things they can't talk about certain subjects they can't you know get involved with oh i can't talk about abortion i can't talk about this i can't talk about that Oh, I don't want to lose my, my tax uh, certification, my exemption. They got a muzzle. They're hirelings. Yahushua calls them. And see, they take Romans 13, 1, and they twist it, and they lead their frocks, flocks right to the slaughter, just like the Judas goat. Why? Because some of them have been promised protection. Some of them have been promised protection. Oh, follow me. Come this way. Lead you right to the slaughter and you won't even know it. That's what they're doing. Romans 13 1 says, "Let every being be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from Elohim, and the authorities that exist are appointed by Elohim." So he who opposes the authority withstands the institution of Elohim, and those who withstand shall bring judgment upon themselves. And this is what they base it all off of. They base it off of that. They say, hey, submit to the government. But that's not the context there. If you want to know what the context is, go watch Matthew Nolan's Romans chapter 13 from a Hebraic perspective. Really good. Okay, really good but really research what a 501c3 clergy response team is because that's what they're doing. They're being the Judas goat. Here, come this way. I'm a trained goat. I'm going to just calmly lead you because there's some of them, they're even preaching about the end times. They're preaching about the mark of the beast. They're preaching about being against the mark of the beast. Meanwhile, they're encouraging the people to take the vaccine. Wow. Just wow. Right? All right. Well, I always got to leave you on some hope, right? So Yahweh promises us that vengeance is his. Romans 12, verse 19 says, Beloved, do not revenge yourselves, but give, the, give place to the wrath, for it has been written, Vengeance is mine, and I shall repay says Yahweh, quoting from deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 35 see he's going to come back when he returns and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats right the sheep will go to the right into eternal life the goats to the left into eternal damnation as recorded in matthew 25 32 through 33 revelation 22 12 says and see Behold, I am, I'm coming speedily, and my reward is with me to give each according to his work. To give each according to his work. In Revelation 20, verse 10, it says, And the devil who led them astray was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur with the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be tortured day and night forever so all these hirelings that are leading their sheep astray that if they don't repent this is their demise this is their folly this is what they will they will reap because he's about those who take care of protect and feed his sheep and if someone is misleading the sheep on purpose into slaughter there's going to be judgment and swift and harsh judgment upon that person and upon those people. So, in closing, I hope this teaching was edifying and that you enjoyed it. And for more information, please visit TowardToTheTribes.com. And Yahuwah bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Shalom.
0: all right preacher brother need a little sermon before uh to get the, the shabbat started thank you um i enjoyed it even more than than last night um yeah. you have your heart definitely in in it for sure and the spirit was leading it yeah so so yeah the um 501c3s yeah they are you know they're definitely not working for your benefit for sure i mean they're definitely aligning themselves with babylon and um that's what we're trying to <clears throat> come out of. So um, don't drink out of her wine. Absolutely. Um, I've seen some some preachers out there. I think uh, they they don't submit to you know the vaccines. They don't care about bringing people in congregations. So people have been fine and some have been threatened to be arrested and all that. And you have a few out there that are trying to do the right thing, but the majority, right? They're just following along into um, and leading many sheep astray. So uh, thank you for the warning and the exhortation that many will be hearing from this message. Um, All right, excellent. So does anyone have any um, questions or comments regarding this input? Yeah, so yeah, so I'm really glad that with uh, tour to the Tribes, you know, um, everybody that listens to Matthew knows that no one's you know shutting him up anytime soon you know he he's bold with his truth and um, he will he brings the truth out regardless of how many toes he steps on because sometimes it's important to um to even shed light into the darkness of people who come to repentance um sometimes people need that light in order for them to reflect what they're not doing correctly um and I, I sure, I surely had a lot, a lot of light reflected. My, a lot of light will have to be shone in my life for me to come out of, you know, the uh, the Christian syst- the church system that kept me really in bondage. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful that Yahushua was the one that pulled me out. And uh, and yeah, Matthew's, you know, and you and you know those those who are in this congregation, uh, you know speak with the boldness that are ne- is necessary uh, so we can penetrate you know into the hearts of the people because that's eventually where the seeds are going to have to land you know you, they can have them up here for a long time but eventually no good works will produce until it lands on soil on good soil and that is an open heart to the word and truly believe what the word says yeah um but thank you for the for the message brother yeah absolutely mm-hmm. see Don sharing some scripture over here, Ephesians, yeah, and having darkened in their understanding, having been estranged from the life of Elohim, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, mm-hmm. yeah, who having become callous, having given themselves up to indecency, to work all uncleanness with greediness, right, Yep. Isn't that what it's about? It's about greediness. It's about more the love for money than yeah. sometimes the love for truth. And I, you know, I've seen uh, pastors um, that were part of the whole um, Church of Five O one three uh, 3C system, and um, they, they took a turn, and, and they started preaching the truth, the Torah, the, the commandments. And that some of them go, went a little too far. But they lost a lot of congreg- congregants and they lost a lot you know but he was okay with it he, he was at peace with it because he pre- he knew that that he that's that he needed to preach the truth because his responsibility is too great for him to let people astray you know wow. and he felt very convicted to change and um well, what a blessing what a blessing
1: yeah I mean I yeah absolutely I mean um you know i i'm I'm very thankful um to you know yahua for for leading you know my wife and i out of uh christianity you know um and out of the church that we were in and um you know i mean i i'd like to think that obviously like you know once like they started trying to enforce mass and stuff like that that i probably would have left on my own anyway but you know that time being out um, in the wilderness, so to speak, you know, not in the, in the congregation, you know, just like, just like John the Baptist, you know, he realized like, Hey, there's a, there's a counterfeit priesthood in Jerusalem. So I'm not going to be a part of that. So I'm going to go and preach the truth out in the wilderness and call people back to repentance, call people back to covenant and everything like that. And, um, you know, that, that journey into the wilderness for me is what led me, you know, into Torah and then like, I think it was like six months after that or so eight months after that is, you know when I found this ministry and that's when I really was like, wow this is what I've always longed for and desired and uh, what I was looking for, but I never knew it, you know mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, it's definitely amazing. But yeah, these more and more it's, it's, um, it's very evident that, you know, a lot of these men and women who are preaching from the pulpit are agents of Satan, straight up. Like a lot of them are even tied to Freemasonry. You yeah, know? yeah, and, Southern, um, Southern
0: Baptism is, is picking through Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, one, one that I forgot to mention was, um, you know, even this week, uh, Franklin Graham, you know, the, the son of uh, the late Reverend Billy Graham, He's telling people, you know, line up for the vaccine, take it, whatever. I don't know if he referred to it as a miracle or not, but still he's he's telling people to take it, you know, saying that this is what Jesus would do. (laughs) You know, and isn't that that's the worst part is they're taking the words of Messiah and they're saying they're putting stuff on it. Like, what would Jesus do? You know, I, I, thought, I thought he and healed like, just
0: with a touch of a hand. That was enough, or or just right. him.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't think he needs a vaccine for sure. No. Uh, and then um, these,
1: <laughs> uh, and then you know these. Um, uh, what was it about six months ago or so? There was like twenty three or twenty eight hundred evangelical pastors that got together publicly, and they made a article stating that the coronavirus vaccine should not be quote-unquote, politicized. Hmm. And, you know, there's so many scriptures coming to play here where, you know, the whole world's being flipped upside down, where what's what's good is bad and what's bad is good. And Isaiah 520 warned us about this. You know, mm-hmm. he said, woe to those who call good evil and evil good, because those like us who are telling the truth or talking about the truth and exposing it, we're being viewed as, oh, well. You're just, a re- you're rebellious, and you're unloving, and you're this, and you're that, and they're labeling <laughs> us with cancel culture, mm. and it's the spirit and doctrine of Balaam. Mm. Oh, come on, don't don't rustle the feathers, don't rattle the, the cage, just go along with it. It's for your safety, it's for all of us, you know, all of our safety, mm. and it's that unity for unity's sake, you know, mm. and um, it's it's absolutely unbelievable
0: and the apostles were accused of turning things over he's like they're turning everything over you know um and that's because you know that's what happens when you preach the truth Mm -hmm. and um you kind of you know rattle some feathers but right before i get to you lizzie uh you mentioned something that's very profound because in the wilderness is where sometimes you one needs to be in order to come out because in the wilderness is when your testing happens that's but what happened but, but if you go back to even Exodus, they were given what the the omer all the way into Canaan. So they were given the omer, which represents, you know, the the seed that, that produces, you know, first the 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 sheaf and then the harvest and so on. So it is a process. So that is where you find the truth, the word for him to bring you out of sin. And so um, sometimes being in the wilderness is a good place to be tested. For us to realize that we cannot depend on our own, but those things that are that are given to us, so we can mature in growth, and that is the wave shift that is, uh, you know, given to us um, by the Mashiach. and you know, he is the bread of life. He even represents the wheat, the what what we're supposed to be eating, the things that that mm-hmm. he gives us. So, what a blessing it is, Yeah, So, um, yeah, we gotta we gotta be definitely in the in the in the in the word all the time so we're not deceived um yeah i'm sorry go ahead Lucy.
2: hi um Hello. Hello. Okay, everyone i wanted to ask brendan because i did ask uh him i i did ask you brenda on the messenger the other day because i have a friend you know she's you know she thinks like uh she's a christian but you know regarding the jab and all everything she's totally awake but she wanted a better understanding uh, of the hand and forehead aspects of the mark relating to the vaccine, you know, and that video that uh, of the other Christian lady talking it wasn't quite enough to, uh, to convince her, not that, she, not that she's gonna take it. She just wants to understand this aspect. And I saw in your post, Brandon, the other day, maybe four or five days ago that you, uh, I think it was you who shared a post from another brother was explaining that regarding the, the Hebrew mindset or understanding of the word hand. Yeah. And then he gave some texts. I even went to his page and looked up, but you know, the text that he gave as proof that it would be, you know, hand in the Hebrew mindset would include the whole thing, you know, from the fingers all the way to the shoulder.
1: Yeah.
2: Did you actually dig a little more into that? Um, because the text that he gave they all said hand, so it, it, you know, it right. didn't uh, work for uh, proof text in the New Testament. But what I wanted to know is if you actually either researched or know of anybody that did this uh, research regarding the word hand as it's used with the same Greek word from Revelation 13, 16, and 17. If in the Septuagint, it refers to another Hebrew word, you know what I mean? hmm if there's an equivalent in the Hebrews strong that would actually show this reference of it, uh, you know, referring to the whole arm. I don't know if you actually went into this research or not, because uh, also there was, there was somebody in, I, I got into a telegram group from a sister called Becca in, uh, she lives in Israel. I think yeah. you, mm-hmm. you forwarded one of her posts um, the other day, you, you, you shared it. And she has a group only to talk about the vex in Israel, you know. And there's a lot of people in the group, like 70 people. And one of these people, she said the same thing about the hand, uh, Hebrew mindset uh, regarding this word. But she didn't give us any further proof or, you know, text or strong words for me to actually go into so I can actually really show my friend. So I was wondering if you had any more solid uh, material especially regarding the Hebrew word for hand that is equivalent to the one in Greek used in Revelation 13.
1: Um, yeah, I don't right now. Um, I'm actually looking it up right now as you're talking on the, um, on the e-sword. So I'm actually gonna yeah. see if, and if the this, is
2: the, do you if have this is the same.
1: Yeah, so I have what's called an apostolic uh, Bible polyglot. Um, I also have the Septuagint as well. The apostolic Bible polyglot, which that's a lot to say, but it has the uh, the Greek um, Strong's numbers back in the um, in the Tanakh in the Old Testament. So what I was doing uh, can is we looking refer up...
2: back to the, mm-hmm. the the Hebrew word.
1: Uh, well, not the Hebrew word, the, the Greek, which is what would be in the Septuagint, right?
2: Exactly, Um, I mean, the Greek word that was used to translate uh, the Tanakh or the Torah into Greek.
1: Right.
2: That is the same used in the New Testament. That's how we we see the the correlation, right?
1: Right. Um, Yeah, it is the same word. It's Strong's G, 5495. And it's the same word used in Deuteronomy 6. As it is in uh, Revelation thirteen verse six. Do you have the
2: strong Hebrew though for that word? Strong
1: Hebrew? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I can get it. Hang on. Yeah,
2: because if you pull up the the Greek one that you just said, you know, uh, that
1: doesn't
2: it doesn't say arm or finger there. So I wanted to read the, the the Hebrew definition.
1: Okay, what's the... Yod. What's the it's uh, H3027. Which is a, it's a Yod dalit, Is what it is. Mm. It's a Yod and a Dalet. Yod. Primitive word, a hand.
2: wrist.
1: What's that? Um, yeah
2: I'm, I'm really i'm looking at it to mm-hmm. hand strength yeah. power
1: now wh- one I thing don't i don't was... see on
2: here it's, yeah i just wanted to know where they got this from because i can't show her something that i don't have proof to back it up you know
1: well again, I, I don't see
2: on well, here or finger i'm not it's not for no, me no it says hand,
1: it says hand though it says hand right right said, okay so now one thing we have to keep in mind though john has seen a vision of the future Okay? So he's seen a vision here. The, the, all of Revelation's, all a vision that he's seen, right? So it says he causes all, verse 16 again, he causes all those small and great, rich and poor to receive a mark on their right hand or on their, or on their foreheads, that no one will be able to buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So John's seen a vision of people, you know, what he was probably seeing is what we're seeing today, which is where people are getting, you know, with, those, th- with the temperature check, what are they scanning? They're scanning directly on your forehead or they're scanning your right hand in most cases, right? So, you know, we got to think this in a vision format. John was trying to describe this as best as possible in allegory, you know, in and in language, in ling, linguistic fashion of what he's actually seen, right? But also, if you look at the uh, context of Deuteronomy 6, it is. What's the verse? Huh? What's the verse? Um, yeah, I'm trying to find it. Um, verse, uh, so it's right after the Shema. Uh, in verse four, you know it says, "Shema, O Israel, our Elohim, Yahweh is one." And and it says in verse six, "And these words which I am commanding you today shall be in your heart, and you shall impress them on your children, and speak to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up." Ah, oh, verse so, eight. Shall yes. bind them as and you shall bind hand them, hand them hand. as a sign on your hand,
2: and they and shall be they as, as frontlets be front front
1: between it. your eyes. Right, so yeah. that's more of the Hebraic mindset there. But really, I, I truly believe, you know, the, just like the uh, the video I sent you um, about that, is that once these dental particles are activated, that they mm-hmm. could very well go to the hand directly or to the forehead. You know. Yeah,
2: like, I do too. It's just that you know when people were posting about the word hand. Uh, in the Greek and what the Hebrew mindset is, everything they wrote, and I went through their posts, the guys' post, you know, and I'm going through the strong yeah. here. I can't take this as proof that hand well, means, means arm. I can't do well, it. Well, yod.
1: So the Hebrew word or the Hebrew letter yod itself uh-huh. is uh-huh. is arm. Oh, like when you look okay. it up in in the um, you know in the pictographic, it's an arm. That's that's the you know what what Isaiah's, Isaiah Isaiah fifty three is talking about in verse one when he's talking about who has relieved a report to whom has the arm of Yahweh uh-huh. been revealed that mighty hand and outstretched arm is uh-huh. the Yod right okay but is Yod the letter or word it's it's a letter but oh. the but the word Yod which i have here you know for you as well the h3027 Mm -hmm. that's the one that um is hand in that verse in hebrew in deuteronomy 6 uh, verse 8 right yeah
2: but But then um in ezekiel the text that you uh, read where it says arm is it the same word
1: in isaiah
2: no ezekiel you just told me didn't you say Uh, ezekiel no, I, no, I thought know, I said it. Isaiah I see
1: 53. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, okay. Let's look. I, that's I it. Because every time I go and look at the words, none of them is saying arm. So that's the only thing, yeah. you know, I wanted to see. Well, there arms, was that.
1: Uh, yeah, arm. But the word,
2: it as arm? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, the word arm is a different word, but what I'm saying, the actual letter, God
2: yeah, so is huh?
1: arm. If Which that makes is the
2: sense. same letter of the name Hand,
1: right? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. So. Right. Yeah, okay. it's all That's it's good. all connected. It's all. Mm-hmm. But also remember, it says nine times just in the Book of Revelation, "He who has ears to hear, let him hear." Nine times, and the ninth time it says it in the thirteenth chapter, when it's talking about this, right? So, you know. Honestly, like I'm to the point where you either listen to the warning or you don't. But I did everything I was supposed to do as a watchman and I and I warned the people. You know, if they chose to, you know, test Yahuwah and, and tempt Yahuwah the Elohim, which is against what he says, then that's on them, you know. So um don't that, I, I just that's
2: not the same as Yod, is it? It's not the same as Yod.
1: Yeah, yod. It, yod's a, yod's just a modern Hebrew pronunciation. Okay. Yod, yod. It's the same. Thing. Okay,
2: so it's the same yeah. letter. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's the. Yeah, um, because I
2: was looking, I was looking at the letter here, the pictographic mm-hmm. uh, meaning. The meaning of this letter is work, make, and throw. The function of the hand. The modern Hebrew name yod is a derivative of the two-letter word Yod, a Hebrew word yep. meaning hand. Yeah. read original name for letter, but then it also talks about arms
1: somewhere. Yep. Yep. It's all there. Absolutely. Okay. But just remember, you know, I wouldn't waste too much time on, um, you know, if people are genuinely interested, that's one thing. But sometimes people just come and pretend to be genuinely interested when they're not. They're just trying to test you or they're just trying to cause you to stumble or whatever, you know. So, be careful about casting pearls among the swine, as well. You know, and um, oh, okay, I found I'm it saying. here.
2: I found it here. Ancient name Iyad, the pictograph yep. arm and closed hand. Yep, there you go. With the letter, it does say arm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, I. Yeah. You know, I just wish I could find uh, you know more references and stuff to put together a little something something. You know that I could actually use to show people. Because what I don't like is when somebody's trying to prove something and they use the wrong text or you know the wrong word mm-hmm. definition. That doesn't help the case. Sure. You know what I'm
1: That's what no, I, I did. I, yeah, I get it. Um, one thing you got to remember though is that you know just like we're not going to see a literal beast from the sea rise up, you know that has seven heads and ten horns and stuff like that, right? And we're not going to literally see a beast rise up from the earth that has two horns like a, like a lamb and speaks like a dragon. It's, some of it is allegorical in nature, it's metaphorical in nature, right? So just because, you know, these jabs are, you know, going in maybe the left shoulder or the right shoulder or whatever, and they're not being injected directly into the forehead or directly into the hand, we can't get caught up in that, you know? We have to understand that, hey, listen, you know, because like you said, you mentioned, the, you know, our, our friend over in Israel, um, you know, that's a reality. That's what's happening. The green pass is already happening in Israel where they, they, you know, I shared a video the other day, a short, uh, like three minute video where it talked about uh, from Reuters. So it's, it's from, you know, a reputable uh, media source from Reuters. And it said that in a month, you know, and this was like a week ago, so in a month they won't be able to go into a store or into you know many other public areas without having the green pass and
2: becca becca told me that
1: yeah and so we we can't be so focused on well uh, the vaccine's not going in my hand or in my forehead so therefore it can't be the mark no We got to look at all the evidence. We got to be good detectives. We got to study to show ourselves approved and realize, like, hey, if this talks like a duck and walks like a duck, it might be a duck.
2: Did you You see the video? Yeah, I think you didn't see it. I sent you a video maybe two or four days ago on your on your messenger. I think it was from Amazon, the hand scanning thing. that they have now? Did you see that little video? Like a one minute uh, commercial. A commercial yep. from Amazon I can't remember the name they gave to it but yep. it yeah it's so clearly the the people' uh, hands being scanned
1: yeah yeah that was just like the picture I used uh, when I had my dream about about the mark you know a few weeks ago you know where I where I saw people scanning their hands and stuff like that you know um, it's definitely it's like common.
2: the smart uh, the smart something that the cartoon
1: yeah. from Carson Network that oh the smart mark. Yes. Mark, Mark. It's the same. Yep. Yeah. It's the same thing. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, it's it's definitely coming. It's definitely rolling out, but we just can't, you know, um, just be careful how much, you know, how much time you spend trying to convince someone who, you know, some people just don't want to be convinced, you know? I mean, Uh, she's
2: fine, you know, she's like totally, uh, you know, on board with the truth, but she just wanted to understand it better, you know, how it correlates to the hand or or forehead.
1: What? I'm sorry. My wife just sent me a message said FEMA is outside asking for people over the age of 50 to register for CV. I was asked twice while walking Abigail around the house. Wow!
2: Wow! wow. are
1: <laughs> My wife literally just said that.
2: And what did, what do you make of uh, the governor's pronunciation yesterday? The the governor saying that he's not going to uh, require the you know the V passport. He said that yesterday.
1: Did I don't. Know? It's all hopium. You know what I mean, like. So what? Hopium, it's a drug,
2: <laughs> Hopium,
1: you know, uh-huh. I, I just, I know that prophecy is going to be fulfilled, and I don't mean that in like a a harsh way, I just mean that the New World Order is going to fully rise, yeah. it's going uh-huh. to fully take over, and the people are going to be enslaved, you know, it's just, it's prophecy, that's what's going to happen, so anyone that's promising this false hope of you know, this or that, I just don't buy it, you know.
2: Yeah, even the the president in Brazil, the president, mm -hmm. uh, he's a right-winger, you know, he's been completely against the mandatory vaccinations and even masks from the very beginning. And now, like maybe last week, he announced that he's going to take it for the first time. And he's a totally... Total change of position. Maybe yeah. you saw what happened to the Tanzanian uh, president. I know, was and... just
1: going to bring it up. I was just <laughs> going to bring it up. The president of Tanzania. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the thing. Either either they can buy you or they'll eliminate you. Yeah, you know? or threaten that's... your
2: family, you know, yeah. your child, your wife or whatever, if you don't come on board. Yeah. Yeah. So and now he's I, changing his and... tune.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, um, you know, this has all the characteristics of what I was looking for, you know, yeah. as far as um, I will say, I, I, until it started to happen, you know um, I was like, Oh wow. Which I'm so thankful of, you know, it's one of my friends who he was the one that actually warned Stephanie and I when, when she was uh, pregnant with Abigail, that vaccines were bad. And because we, investigated that and researched that and, you know, became anti-vaxxers, if you will, <laughs> whatever, right? That that's where we can, our eyes can be open to the full truth of like, this is what the vaccine agenda is all about. And that's why I've dedicated so many hours of research and scripture study and prayer and, you know, study all of this to bring so many teachings regarding this topic because if there's one topic that i don't think you could preach on enough it would be this topic you know i agree i I mean that's just um i even saw a group i I saw
2: a group of christians yesterday i think or the day no it was thursday i was driving back from a practice my choir practice and i had i had to teach a class i was like you know very short on time I couldn't really stop to talk to these people, but I saw like maybe five or six people wearing their shirt, uh, the church t-shirt, saying evangelism team. I almost shot it out of my window, you know. Okay, t- tell them not to take the facts so or all your evangelism be
1: <laughs> useless. Exactly, exactly. Yep, I mean, all right. Well, let's get to Sister Cheryl. Miss Miss Cheryl, how are you this morning? Shabbat shalom. I'm
3: doing well. Shabbat shalom you is up. A- as well Um, I have something in fact I was going to talk about it I raised my hand even before Lizzie started talking Um, Kimberly Rogers Brown did a teaching on exactly or she had a, a link on YouTube that did almost exactly that it was talking about the right hand the right forehead and so forth and so on. And in her teaching, she um, exposed the fact that it was not only the right hand and the right forehead, it was the entire right side, bringing up scripture that said, "Do not, do not go to the right or do not go to the left, go straight ahead mm-hmm. and that when it says do not take the mark on the right hand or forehead, we need to be, it's more of a spiritual thing where you're veering off the path. So it's the whole right side and it's the veering off the path instead of like you were saying, is it gonna be on the shoulder? Is it gonna be on the knee? It does not matter. Yeah. Veering off to the side and letting them do anything that corrupts your body is what it is. It's yep. not. It has to be on the forehead. It's not that it has to be on the right hand. Like I said, her teaching said it was the whole right side veering off the path. Right. So and, put, putting and, that in there and again. Yeah. It was a very, very good, you might want to look it up her. Like I said, if you don't know, Kimberly Rogers Brown, uh, she is very well-spoken on that stuff. And even in the, where she has gone into the lengths of the, uh, where the seven seven years as far as the um jubilee years mm-hmm. and stuff like that on the end of times and we're in i believe in genesis it's the first part of genesis i don't remember exactly where where he says that uh, man it was right before the flood that man had come so corrupt that he made man's life he um took it down to 120 years, which is also about the same as jubilee years. It all ties into the jubilee years. Mm -hmm. So instead of the actual man living 120 years, it's 123 jubilees. Mm -hmm. And so that ties in. But like I said, it, that particular study that she did was it was the whole right side and it was indicative of us turning to the right or the left and not stay staying on the straight and narrow path.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
3: Um, so Lizzie, you may want to look up Kimberly Rogers Brown because she did have... Um, Scripture passages in there that you could probably look up.
2: Yeah, I just found her channel. Thank you. I'm gonna
1: well. Excellent. Um, another thing, Lizzie, as well is that you know the so that Deuteronomy six eight that also represents our thoughts and our deeds, exactly. and that's also that's yes. also tied to the right hand and the forehead because where sure. do our thoughts occur? right here right i mean yep. what is this what is the side of your you know what is this called right here it's called your temple So mm. it, it's actually called your temporal lobe right but also it's referred to as your temple where does he does he want ding, to
3: ding, sit? Ding, 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 he wants ding. to
1: sit <laughs> on your in your temple he wants to exalt himself in the place where elohim dwells where does elohim dwell in the temple
0: on the throne of
1: your heart and your mind and we are the temple yes we are the temple (laughs) there is not a third temple that has to be built although there is one underground already but you are the temple of the holy spirit that's what the word of elohim says let Yah be true as roger said earlier and every man a liar romans three verse four So, and please, anything that I've ever taught, there you go, (laughs) yeah, who's got one? Um, But, you know, anything that I've taught, not just today, but any of the teachings that I've done, you know, if you can't take out your own Bible and go through, you know, the verses that, that I've gone through and see for yourself what I'm talking about with your own eyes and your own Bible, then don't take my word for it. We test all things and we hold fast to what is good. That's what we do, we, we be good Bereans and we study to show ourselves approved, so. All right, um, any other uh, questions, comments?
0: Yeah, th- thanks for that, brother. I, I wanted to just add the, uh, you know, the president of uh, Tan- Tan- Tanzania. Uh, he actually was, you know, very, I guess it was a very Christian, influential person over his people. And this is what happens when people start, you know, like preaching the gospel to millions of people who will actually will listen in such a platform. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I just I just found that um, I knew he was a, a, a real like he, he was like, you know, trying to be led by the Holy Spirit to lead his people. But this is his quote. He said, we have been praying for fasting for God to save us from the pandemic. And I'm certain that many Tanzanians believe that Corona disease has been eliminated by my God, you know, because he, even the spirit, I think, is witnessing to him that it is there's such a big hoax behind all of this, you know. Vaccinations are dangerous, you know, he quotes, and no pregnant, you know, and so, you know, these are things that can get you will get you killed, basically. You know, you start spe- speaking the truth into people's lives and you'll be persecuted for his name's sake, you know. Uh, some people may not, you know, be keeping, you know, the same the feasts and all that but i think it's it's uh some people are just revealed you know up to how much they're they're revealed by yahuwah but many of them you know do try to do righteous works and and um and bring people to the truth um i know that you know in this priesthood we, we are blessed that he's taken us in this journey and we're able to um you know even push harder and and start keeping his commandments and his feast and all that but there are some out there that that will speak righteousness into people's lives um even though they may not be keeping all the covenant commandments maybe because they're limited understanding about it um so does anyone have um any more questions or comments regarding the this teaching um And and yeah, the only thing that we have to have in our for in our in our minds is is Yahuwah's, Yahuwah's name, right? That's it. <laughs> Cry out to him when we need it. Uh, Cheryl. Go ahead, sister. Yes,
3: I just wanted to say the Brandon, that was ver- very well done. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm glad I woke up and I woke up at eight o'clock this morning i said oh i didn't catch all of it this morning because i missed you last night and i heard jose say that today was even better than last night so i'm glad i woke up at eight o'clock no alarm no nothing and i was like <laughs> oh perfect timing it, it, thank you y'all <laughs> yeah well
1: all praise and honoring glory to yahuwah he's the revealer of all truth and all wisdom and he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise so you know that's it so well i wouldn't by no means call you foolish (laughs) oh i know but i'm just saying like he uses the the seemingly uneducated
3: right exactly just like
1: just like in acts chapter four right where the Pharisees were talking to John and Peter and they're like, wait a minute. These are seemingly uneducated men, yet they're astonished with their boldness. Who are are you? Exactly. Exactly. Who are you? Uh They could (laughs) tell that they had been with him, with Messiah. And that's really what it's all about. When, when, When the world looks at us or the Christians look at us, can they tell that we've been with Messiah? Do we exude it? You know, with our actions, with our thoughts, with our... Well, they can't hear our thoughts, but you get what I'm saying, you know, with our actions, with our words, with the way we uh, speak, all that stuff. So, um, you know, and, um, and, you know, PhDs don't matter. Theology don't matter. When you got the Ruach al when you got the teacher inside of you, you can cheat on the test, if you know what I'm saying. You know, (laughs) like, it's just how it is. Is
3: a lot better than book sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't. You know, head knowledge will only get you so far. Right. If you don't, if you don't know him, and a lot but doesn't of that matter.
3: In more trouble.
1: Yeah.
3: It gets you in trouble instead of getting you to where you need to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and even Paul, um, you know. Uh, was a witness to that that truth he Fair said nice. you know what why is his edu his education i mean he was he was educated by gamiel which was like in the top jewish uh you know rabbi during that time and yeah. he was um he said all that is nothing you know unless you know Yahusha, or at least you have a relationship with him and so so it's yeah. true yeah we, oh. how, can, how, how can peter preach, preach as well as he did and brought so many to salvation?" because he, he knew he was so close to the, the, the yeah. Mashiach. And he was a That's fisherman. It. Well, he turned into a fisher of men is what he ended up. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so well, a lot yeah.
2: of
3: the knowledge comes yeah. from the wrong teacher also,
0: so. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah absolutely.
0: Yep. Watch right. right.
1: oh, hush. oh, no, you're fine. You're fine, we welcome it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, if there's not anything else, um, then um you know we'll we'll close up and um, you know I would encourage everyone to uh, you know get on the uh, get on the Shabbat fellowship and everything like that and get get in fellowship uh, with the uh, with the brethren and then of course you know we look forward to uh, uh, Matthew's teaching this evening y'all willing um, I think he would be on acts 13 I think is where he's at if I remember right maybe not maybe it's 14. I don't know, I'm losing track, but, um, you know, definitely uh, looking forward
0: to it. All right. Well, I want to go ahead and close this out on prayer, because our sister Renee wanted us to pray earlier. Um, She had a prayer request earlier, so. Um, All right, Father in heaven, I I pray that um, today you, you, again, and thank you for so much, first of all, for giving us such a wonderful uh, platform so we can. Uh, share this this wonderful things that you have revealing to, to those who are called by your name, uh, the prophecies, the, the things that uh, allow us to uh, help us to be discerning about this times that we're in and, and about how to, you know, um, reject those things that are evil and just be drawn to things that are good, that are from your cup, from the cup of Yahushua who has given us to drink. And I for that, we are grateful that he is our Mashiach and he is that guiding light that would lead us to you, Lord Father. And um, I pray that um, uh, Renee's, uh, you know, uh, wheels, the health on wheels will, will will, be a blessing to many of those who are, um, you know, uh, trying to find healing, uh, you know, in not just the physical but in the spiritual uh, to, to become, you know, um, a compound unity in Mashiach so they can become one in um with 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 this body and the father Uh, let us all be one with mashiach uh, father uh, so we can be uh, together in in one accord in all things and allow this healing ministry to to bring forth the solutions to heal uh, those who are ill and who are sick and are looking for a restoration in in their body and i pray for their anthony um, and I, i pray that you will reveal the truth of your message and where it comes from, and what, you know, and who is responsible to bring this forth into his life. And I pray that you will turn, make him turn um, his heart away f- from the world and towards you, Father. And allow this um, ministry to keep going forth, is to uh, keep preaching the word and bring healing to the uh, 12 tribes of Israel. May you all be blessed today um, uh, and bless them, Father, and uh, give them. Um, Shalom. today is a Shabbat, and uh, let us rest in you and your Son, Yahushua HaMashiach, in his name we pray. Amen.